Welcome to Buena Vista, episode 162. I am Ben, and I am here in a perfectly ordinary scientific laboratory. The lab is full of perfectly ordinary science laboratory type things. People in lab coats, Bunsen burners, test tubes, spray bottles full of ethanol, printouts of XKCD comics, disembodied pig heads wired into a series of machines of inscrutable purpose, just regular science lab stuff. Over here, doing regular science stuff, like trying to teach one of the disembodied pig heads to speak Aramaic, it's Andrew. Hey, Andrew. Hey, how you doing? Oh. Um, I've just been sharing some correspondence with my good friend, Dr. Herbert West, and he has some <laughs> uh-huh. great, great suggestions for me, great ideas. And, um, you know, he's respected and revered in the community, so I can see absolutely no reason to not do what he suggests. He looks... He doesn't look well to me. That's passion that you're seeing. Mm, he's a very um, passionate scientist. I think what you're seeing behind those eyes is drive. It's ambition, you know? Um, the, the reasons for that drive and ambition, don't want to get into it. No, and, you know, as long as the results are good, which yet to be seen. No reason to think that they wouldn't. You no know, reason to think they wouldn't. Bloody, what's what's his name? The guy that plays that guy? Uh, fucking Jeffrey Coombs. Jeffrey Coombs. He popped up in, I was watching The Man with Two Brains the other night, where he plays a surgeon in that movie, and I was like, oh, this is not a good omen. <laughs> Probably. I mean, that's just a movie. Uh, this, though, this is real life, and it's fine. <laughs> uh, we're not alone in here on the other side of the lab, also doing regular science lab stuff, like struggling against his own hands, which is seemingly trying to strangle him at the psychic behest of one of the pig heads. It's Theo. How are you doing, Theo? Hey, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. You say now, that. Yeah, I am kind of... I do have my hands... Well, not my hands full. Um, they're trying to be. They're, they're still much. my hands, mm. I guess. And if we can keep, keep them that way, that'd be nice. I did also accidentally teach one of the pigs shame. Mm. They don't seem to be experiencing a lot of it at the moment. No. Uh, in Has their actions. Stuck. Has not stuck. You're winning, though, so far. I guess, like... A full victory would be retaining uh, entire autonomy over your own body. Yeah. But they haven't killed you yet. That's right. And I kind of didn't come into this scenario with autonomy over my body anyway, so <laughs> sort of swings and roundabouts at this point. Sure. Now, luckily, this is a uh, a fanciful sort of scenario we've concocted mm. here uh, and with no bearing on real life whatsoever, and there's certainly nothing ominous or portentous about it whatsoever, right, Andrew? Uh, yes. I agree. (laughs) You shall see hail fall from a clear sky and burn as fire upon the ground. You shall see darkness cover Egypt when the sun climbs high to noon. And you shall know that God is God and bow down to his will. Oh, that doesn't sound very good. No, that sounds very bad. That is, of course, uh, the theme song to our new segment, Omen's Importance, uh, which you would not have heard if you are not a subscriber, you cheap piece of shit. Just, Just one kidding. more reason. Just one more reason to subscribe. <laughs> you could have found out about a segment slightly earlier. It's That's all right. there. Uh, this is a story from the journal Nature. Not to be confused with Nature Corner. No, not at all. Segment. This is Nature with a capital N Corner. Hmm. Very different. Uh, mm-hmm. A bit of an unassuming headline, this one. Uh, pig experiment challenges assumptions around brain damage in people. Hey, hmm. just a little experiment with some pigs. What could possibly be weird or terrifying hey. about that? Hey. Um, l- 
Let's have a look. In this week's Nature, researchers describe restoring certain structural and functional properties to pigs' brains even four hours after the animals had been killed. They used an artificial perfusion system called Brain X. Now, Brain X, stylized mm-hmm. here very similarly to FedEx. FedEx, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, um, I think personally for me, this would be more exciting if it was Brain Space uppercase X. Or a little cheeky little dash between them. Mm. That's a very like 1950s sci fi movie. He is the inventor of Brain X. Yeah, it's um, it's it's also absolutely something that someone would invent in a a bad medical thriller, and then name it that, like the limitless drug NZT. You know, got all kinds of fun drug names for movies, and Brain X. It's right up there. Apparently, though, perfusion is uh is the process of like artificially running the fluids back through something that you oh. want to pretend is still running. Hmm. And you know animals that? love that. <laughs> Did you know that off the top of your head, or did you just look that up then? I looked it up before the show. That's incredible. No one ever looks at the notes before the things. That's Perfusion a... is the passage of fluid through the circulatory system or lymphatic system to an organ or a tissue, usually referring to the delivery of blood to a capillary bed in tissue. We're basically like a real podcast. People are learning stuff all over the place. That's so true. So that's when. That's basically when uh, you reanimate a corpse, <laughs> <laughs> like some sort of. Reanimator, maybe. Mm. Uh, It continues, electrophysiological monitoring did not detect any kind of neural activity thought to signal consciousness, such as any evidence of signaling between brain regions. Nonetheless, the study challenges the long-held assumption that large mammalian brains are irreversibly damaged a few minutes after blood stops circulating. Speak for your own large mammalian brain. Hey, not on my body, pal. (laughs) Uh, it also raises the possibility that researchers could get better at salvaging a person's brain even after the heart and lungs have stopped working. I'm so I'm so psyched to um, be put into a RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's going to be, right? You just have a permanent little hydraulic pump installed in your RoboCop armor, just keeping all your shit going. Have you Have you watched the the RoboCop remake? No, because um, oh, I forgot that existed. I I think it's helmet fine. too smooth. Won't watch I- it. I think it's fine as as remakes go because they try to do a, a bit of different stuff with it. That's usually my qualifier for at least having some enjoyment of a remake is yeah. when they go, "Hey, let's let's try a different idea with this thing." Like the new um, Ghostbusters Dread, like the new Charles. Oh, the new Play. Dread is fucking amazing. Dread rules, but it's also eight years old, so I don't know if it's that. New. Yeah, it's new. Shut um, the fuck up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That can't uh, be true, but... <laughs> absolutely no way. Uh, please don't tell us if that's correct. Like in the new the new Child's Play movie. What instead is of Instead of, uh, yeah, doing the original plot, which is that uh, serial killer Charles, whatever, played by Brad DeRiff, uh, gets shot by the police and uses a voodoo incantation to put himself into a doll before he dies, before his physical body dies. Uh, instead, it's just somebody getting fired from a factory that is making these AI-driven uh, dolls, and then he like takes off all of the uh, violence inhibitors in one of them, and then just kills himself. Uh, <laughs> and, and no so, Brad Dourif. No Brad Dourif. Yeah, but the but the rest of the movie is then the doll going. It is a letdown. Well, I'm supposed to be looking after this kid and making him happy, and he doesn't have any of the things that say, "Well, don't kill someone to accomplish that." Uh, so it's different to the original. Same with the Robocop. There's lots of like um, drone speculation and stuff in it, you know, much more about like uh, automated artificial intelligence, the, the 
robot dogs that we all want to kick over and beat with a baseball bat. Okay, well, but not all of us. There is a scene. There is a scene in it where um, where they show uh, RoboCop, the cop inside the RoboCop, what is left of his own body, and they take away all of the artificial parts. And it's just like mechanized lungs, a chunk of one of his arms and <laughs> his head and brain. And it's um, it's pretty horrifying. So I'm looking forward to that for me. I love that for me. I keep that brain going, you know? I love that for you as well. Yeah. Uh, they never if- explained if they gave him any kind of dick. <laughs> well, he probably doesn't need one. I guess. Says you. Still got a wife, you know? <laughs> It's so true. There are other things you can do to be intimate that aren't sexual, Andrew. News to me. <laughs> uh, advances following on from the Brain X study could exacerbate tensions between efforts to save the lives of individuals and attempts to obtain organs to donate to others. Is that weird? Hmm. That seems real weird to me that that's the first place they've gone with this, is like, we could save this guy's life, but we really need his kidneys. <sighs> I also enjoy the concept that this is at all possible for anyone except, like, four people on the planet Earth. Like, we just... We're kind of getting to the point where we're almost going like, ah, healthcare, you know, really... (laughs) Do we need it? Do we need it? (laughs) I feel like the jury's still out on it, right? Like, and so the concept that we would, like, go and pay, like, millions and millions of dollars to possibly put someone's head in a jar and hook up a Raspberry Pi to it and get them to occasionally, like, blink out Morse code for kill me. (laughs) It's mainly you who wants to do the Raspberry Pi, though. (laughs) Yeah, you just want something to tool around with. Uh, This is very bad to me because, like, as you say, this is probably not going to become something that's, like, fucking available to everyone if it turns out to be a thing. What this means is that Elon Musk is going to live forever. Yes. Mm. Bezos is going to fucking live forever. Hell, even Bill Gates going to have another couple of thousand years of flying around between different pedophile islands while siphoning money from the fucking global south. Are we just talking about um, the brain jars from Futurama? We are 100% talking about the brain jars from Futurama. Or the brain jars from the man with two brains. Or the brain jar from the movie Blood Diner. Or the brain jar from the movie Donovan's Brain. Or the brain jar from the thing that wouldn't die. No, fuck, what's it called? It's the one where the guy puts his wife's head in a jar and she becomes an evil psychic head lady. Oh, oh it's a great movie. Check that movie out. Can't remember its title, but it's good. Hmm. Brain in a jar. Classic. Uh, in our view, as the science of brain resuscitation progresses, some efforts to save or restore people's brains might seem increasingly reasonable. And some decisions to forego such attempts in favor of procuring organs for transplantation might seem less so. Oh, God, that's so good. Imagine having that as a negotiation. You've put the head in the jar, and you're like, hey, we could maybe reattach you to your body and get your shit going again, or would you like to give your heart to this child? I mean, you're not really using it. I still had some shit I wanted to do. I also feel like it's too too early, perhaps, for nature to be wading in and being like, <laughs> heads in jars, good it's to a, us. It seems like they really have just taken this to like its logical conclusion at yeah. the furthest end possible. It's never like most journal articles where you're like, we have demonstrated it sort of in one animal, kind of. In 50 years' time, this might be useful. They're like, we must make a decision now. Right Still now. Still have Stop. organ donation. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that there's a choice between the two. Like, like. 
seriously, guys, the the organ stuff, we can just put an end to that now. <laughs> we are done. We are we are done. Just uh, hook that brain up to some electrodes, and we're good to go. This to me is all all like a natural extension of the whole increasing life expectancy thing, right? Where like um. You know how you see those things where it's like, wow, people are living for longer than ever before and having a better quality of life. Just take a look at this 108-year-old Navy veteran and it's just like this peanut shell uh, sitting in a wheelchair, completely <laughs> immobile. <laughs> like, like I, I, do, I do occasionally look at people uh, and think, and hey, you know, your body, your choice, whatever you would like to do with your time, etc. That's so there brave are, of you to say, thank there you. There are some people that I have seen where I think to myself... If, if that were me, maybe I would be happy to cut it off like 10 or 20 years before there. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Theo agrees. Theo agrees. <laughs> Does he? Um, but, but, uh, but yeah, once you get to that point of like, hey, we, we, could, we could preserve you in a jar forever. You could have a consciousness and not be able to do anything. Oh, maybe, if okay. they, maybe if Elon can get it plugged into the internet. What about if we just have like, we really, really focus in on our like brain reading technology so you can have a little binary switch, like a little light on the outside of the jar. If you've got a green light, you're still happy with being alive. If you've got a red light, you've decided to call it. And that's all we can tell from your thought pattern. Like, yeah. oh, he tipped over. <laughs> Time to tip the water out. Yeah, if you if you if you come in to the to the ward, which is just shelves, racks and racks and racks of It's the brain jar museum for future. You just up, check yeah. for the red lights and you walk down and you switch off the aquarium pump next to that one. Uh, and then you go on with your, your shift, you know? Oh, God, that's so depressing. Very cool. <laughs> the guy who comes in at the end of the day looking for red lights to just be like, oh, all right. Oh, he's, oh. Just, he's just wearing a boiler suit whistling as he walks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Marilyn boy. Manson's sick of being alive. Time to toss him out. Go. Oh, you see, I talk all this shit, but the queen's still riding a horse around, you know? Is she? Yeah, she was. They they had a picture of her on a horse recently, and I was like, "Get her down from there!" <laughs> Surely, wrap that woman in bubble wrap and don't let her go anywhere. <laughs> oh boy, that's my uh, my theory about uh, the president being given access to uh, the, the super drugs that make them super healthy and alive at all times that we don't have access to. Uh, mm-hmm. I assume this extends to the queen as well. Like, if she was a regular ass lady, she would almost certainly be dead by now. I think she's on something. Well, if you listen Fresh to... Fresh um, every day from a new person. If you listen to, like, uh, anti-vaxxer COVID truthers, like some of the sovereign citizens that we were talking about She's a already weeks dead ago, and been executed by Q. She's a clone. She's CGI. You know? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, there was that guy, the fucking... Uh, well, I was going to call him the moustache guy, but uh, according to videos I saw recently, he shaved his moustache off, and he looks like shit now. But is that video where he's just rattling off celebs, or he's like, the queen... She's already dead. Obama, dead. Michelle Obama, dead. <laughs> All but executed. Yeah. If you don't know that, fucking wake up. Oh, it's so good. It's like if Chopper Reed was given, like, fucking Facebook access to just look at Q stuff. Uh, I, read a, I read a Miranda Divine column recently because I'm a big sucker for punishment and we hadn't mm. talked about her in a while. You're just doing that on your own time now. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we're sure enough not going to fucking talk about her on here. Here's, <laughs> oh, we are here's, here's, one of her, here's one of her most recent uh, headlines. I'm looking at her the headlines on her blog. Um, we've got, nothing was ever good enough for ungrateful Megan. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. Megan Markle. Why do people give a shit about any of this? (laughs) Fuck off. They hate her so much. It's so weird to me that Miranda Devine just gets paid by somebody to write columns in both Australia and America just just with a range of things like Donald Trump is great, Greta Thunberg is is a spoiled brat, and Megan Markle is is a piece of shit. She's a home wrecker. <laughs> it's like it makes no, it doesn't make sense to me, but it's slightly more understandable that like the UK tabloids fucking hate her uh, because she is not white uh, and shouldn't be in the royal family. But like, why did Australians give a shit about this? That is the most baffling shit to me. Like fucking so many of the shitty digital news outlets here love doing stories about. Which are all entirely made up because they're copying the UK tabloids, which just makes shit up. Where they're like, Princess, no, Dutch, I don't know, whatever the fuck she is, Camilla Parker Bowles, sent a secret letter to Meghan Markle telling her to kill herself or whatever. And you're like, okay, it's not real. But also, who gives a shit? They're just some fucking rich people doing rich people shit. Baffling. So, so she had written this article about an Australian scientist who has come up with a, what he believes to be an effective treatment for for COVID-19 after contracting it and it was like oh you know he's he's worked in the field of like antibacterial stuff so he reckons that if you take this drug that is made for something else entirely along with these two other drugs which are also made for completely other purposes completely different other purposes um that you know you can reduce the harmful effects of of COVID post-infection why is the Australian government not issuing all of these drugs to everybody? <laughs> and, um, and so part of this guy's theory, this is the, the scientist that she was saying everybody should be listening to. Um, part of his theory was that one of the, one of the drugs um, shares an active ingredient with a type of skin cream that Donald Trump uses as per his White House health records <laughs> as a treatment for a skin issue. And so he's probably absorbed a bunch of that into his system by now. And that is why he seems to be impervious to coronavirus, despite all the people around him getting it. Uh, (laughs) And then the comments is just like 600 Daily Telegraph readers saying, yes, I agree. We should all stop being so soft and just ingest all of these drugs. And then like the occasional person saying, maybe they could do a few tests or something like a clinical trial, you know, and then being summarily dismissed. It's very good stuff. I love science, you know? I freaking love science. You freaking love science. You love buying t-shirts that say, I fucking love science, but obviously uh, with, you know, punctuation marks instead of some of the letters in fucking because that's rude. I don't want don't to rock the boat. No. <laughs> I do you love freaking science, love. Not scaring love old people. And here is some, some freaking science that I love about how they did this with these pig brains, right? How were some cellular functions and structures restored to pig brains hours after the animals had been killed? I hear you casually ask me in this cafe we're in. <laughs> Effortlessly pulling out that sentence. Yeah. This is, this is absolutely the, the conversation that Herbert West has with his latest intern <laughs> over like a, a, a fucking gurney with a body on it, you know? Uh, the researchers, largely at the Yale School of Medicine in New Haven, Connecticut. Mm. My God. Not okay. a good sign. At fucking Miskatonic University, am I right? You are right. They used around 300 pig heads from a US Department of Agricultural Abattoir. That's so many pig heads. 
Are they just sending someone down in a van to be like, hey, uh, <laughs> I'll get a. Uh, have you guys got um, three hundred pig heads? I think it's a. I'm picturing a small dump truck, and then they just pull up and <laughs> loose pig heads rattling around. Yeah, they they just they just open up the. They've got a forklift, a pallet of them in there. <laughs> They're just oh, knocking man. about. <laughs> I, I think they just, I think they just, you know, pour them all off the truck like yep. a big load of watermelons. You know, where do you want them? Oh, just anywhere. <laughs> Waiting for the thing to lift up. One slowly slides out, and the rest just go. Fumf. Oh boy! After optimizing the technology, the team connected thirty-two pig brains to the Brainex system. <laughs> Four hours after the pigs oh. had been killed, and after removing the brains from the skulls. Oh. Oh, I hate that. I hate that so much. Is there just like a team of people using those like little rotary bone saw things? Oh, yeah. Those 300. Oh, sorry. No, there's only 32 that they're removing. Yeah. What but did they, they do to... with the they... other fucking 268 pig heads? I'm assuming those were all test runs in the course of optimizing the technology. <laughs> nope. All right. Throw that nope. one away. Nope. Uh, I'm the, also enjoying, uh, like, hey, do you want to start off with one at a time? No. <laughs> How many should we get? Like two or 300? Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll start with, with 32. That's a nice round number. <laughs> this computerized network of pumps, heaters, and filters controlled the flow, temperature, and constituents <sighs> of a proprietary perfusate solution for six hours. I like this. It's proprietary. <laughs> Love that. Oh, it's done no. off the shelf. You didn't get that from fucking That's Dick Smith. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're putting in better saline, uh, iodine to keep things fresh, uh, four liters of Liquid X, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> some fragrance just to freshen the thing up. What's this thing you got here called the Baphomet serum that you're putting in there? That's weird. <laughs> Well, this, is, this, is, this is how they get you, right? Because once your brain has been hooked up to the BrainX system, you think, I'm going to live forever. But that's when you realize that you are on a subscription model for it's their proprietary... $79.95 a month. That's right. And it, there's massive cost to break out of the contract, even if you can come up with your own BrainX serum. Yeah, the reason why they collect your credit card when you sign up to the trial period even of BrainX, even though it's free. There'll be no charge, they say, but then you always forget to cancel it before the first payment goes yeah, through. Yeah, and you're going to need that credit card for other things, I assume. <laughs> now oh, that you're imagine dead. If, um, <laughs> yeah, imagine if your your light would not turn red until yeah. you had like. Well, you're hosting out. on AWS. So. Yeah, until you've opted out of the contract and then the month has expired, you know? <laughs> Bleak stuff. There was no evidence of the kind of neural activity that is thought to signal consciousness or the ability to perceive the environment and experience sensations such as pain or distress. Mm. I wonder if that's because the brain had been completely removed from the body. <laughs> also, like, do you think if it still had eyes, it would maybe be more likely to perceive something? Well, and, and how do they. Is it like, you know, if you're feeling distress, please blink your light twice? Because. Gonna let you on a little secret. Pigs don't understand that when the brain's in the body. Dude, well, you gotta I mean, train them. How are they monitoring the neural activity? Do you reckon they're like, is they're putting electrodes directly onto a pig brain, or they've got a pig brain in a little MRI machine? So many questions. It's fucking terrifying to me. Also, this is another classic questions answered by my shirt situation. I did not assume that the pigs were feeling pain until they're like, oh, they. Definitely didn't look like they were experiencing pain. Um, we had to check, though. 
The next thing <laughs> is clearly to brain. try and reanimate a whole pig, right? Mm. And teach that pig to speak English so it can articulate its experience. Mm. I did just uh, rewatch the classic Joel Schumacher film Flatliners. So oh, I am yeah. concerned about what the pigs will bring back with them. Oh, you reckon maybe they've seen some shit? Yeah. I'm concerned that um that the pigs' sins may follow them back from the afterlife, you know? <laughs> That's weird. That the pig just beeped out the Morse code for Leviathan. Very strange. <laughs> Wonder what that means. Wonder what counts as a sin to a pig. <laughs> <laughs> what counts as a sin to a pig? What's a sin yeah. to a pig? That's hey, you like had way fucking... you had way more slop than everybody else four days in a row. Counts as a sin. Well, yeah. That's a 16th century poetry. Right <laughs> just a community of Catholic pigs. Oh. Hey, uh, I will say, just looping back around, the remake of Flatliners, absolute dog shit. There's a Terrible. remake? God yep. damn. It's got Ellen Page in it that fucking sucks shit so I bad. Bet. Absolutely terrible. One of those ones where the whole way through you're just like, nobody needed this. Nobody needed this. Uh, incredibly, BrainX did restore and sustain circulation to major arteries, small blood vessels, and capillaries, cellular responsiveness to drugs, and oh, cerebral no. metabolism. <laughs> <laughs> we gave the pig some cocaine, <laughs> and that brain started pulsing like you fucking would not believe. Um, That's insane to me. That's we, so we, insane. There was there was no sign uh, of the ability to perceive uh, sensations such as pain or distress, but there were definitely signs of the ability to really enjoy a four on the floor beat. A driving driving side chained bass line by a, by a French touch artist. Uh, they were truly loving that. Uh, a drug that increases blood flow in people's brains, for instance, dilated pig blood vessels and increased the rate of flow of the perfusit. Perfusit. Perfusate. Oh, no. <clears throat> no good. Um, some large-scale anatomical and small-scale morphological features were restored and preserved thanks to a reduction in swelling and other changes that would have otherwise led to cell damage and cell death. This is really going to lead to them, like, bringing people back after they've been dead for two hours, uh, you know, sitting with a completely grey body at the kitchen table. <laughs> mm -hmm. How do you feel? Fine. <laughs> just... Ear just falls <laughs> off in your custard. <laughs> it's absolute, like, it's all, it's all incredibly some pet cemetery type bullshit, isn't it? He hasn't been the same. He hasn't been the same since his brain exit. Yeah, he has. He hasn't been the same since he died, and we brought him back to life using science. Yeah, weird. Electrodes inserted into slices of brain tissue, cultured in standard medium. God, nothing Detect exciting. No. The electrodes uh, detected electrical activity in individual neurons. Neurons fired action potentials in response to an electrical stimulus and even displayed spontaneous synaptic activity. Mm -hmm. This next sentence you're about to say is not like... It's so innocuous, innocuous that it sounds incredibly ominous to me. Hey, all of this was detected at normal body temperature. Very normal. Because mm. that sort of... That implies that that is non-standard, right? That usually this would be, I don't know, refrigerated stuff, something. I don't like it. I think it's implying that this is not a universal soldier type situation <laughs> uh, where the bodies have to be kept very cold. We're really discovering a lot of situations decay. that this is or isn't. 
Yeah, so this is not a uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme having to get into a big hotel bath full of ice in order to cool himself down before his body starts to rot while being pursued by a manic Dolph Lundgren. So I guess in a in the same way, it's not the situation from the X-Files episode where that guy perfects cryogenic regeneration, but where the body immediately has to be super cooled for it to work. Uh, they haven't they haven't really told us uh, the temperature of the liquid in the jars. <laughs> it is not known how long uninterrupted perfusion could have sustained these functions. The team stopped the experiment after six hours, mainly because they were bored. Um, no, that's, yeah, keep going. <laughs> mainly because of the limited availability of fresh perfusate and the difficulties of having someone continually <laughs> monitor and adjust the BrainX system. <laughs> Just someone sit there being like, oh, for fuck's sake. They've gone through gone through the effort of like forklifting in 300 pig heads, setting this all up, and then like after six hours, checking their watch and going, ah. <laughs> the obstacle Close is enough. attention Might span. Call it. <laughs> Not any of the scientific difficulties with reanimating a pig. It's just like, oh, look at him. He's looking at his phone. He keeps forgetting to top up the Brain X serum. <laughs> Brains are running dry. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't bode well for what happens if you can't get your your Brain X prescription refilled in time, or the fact that you're going to have to spend most of your time living in your undead existence, just kind of tinkering with it. Oh, bit high, bit high. Oh, no. Ah, uh, my perfusate levels. Shit. Oh no. I wonder what color that liquid is. I bet it's bright fucking purple. Mm. Or a reanimator style fluoro green. Mm, that know? means science is happening, but the dangerous yes. kind. It's true. Uh, the study was designed to investigate whether any physiological and cellular functions can be restored in a large, intact mammalian brain several hours after death. Such work could, in principle, uh, the road. The road was paved with good intentions. Uh, such work could, in principle, help investigators to develop therapies for brain injuries resulting from a lack of oxygen and even enable the study of intact human brains. Nope. Mm. Nope. <laughs> oh, no. When I when I tick the little organ donor box, yep. this is not... This I am not opting out it. to that. You know this is going to be a thing where, like... Uh, yeah, the the government will wind up saying, oh, highest bidder can have the pieces they like. Yeah. Anything that you have to go on record saying no signs of consciousness, pain or distress were recorded. Um, even that. I'm just going to opt out now. Untick the box. Yep. Otherwise, next thing you know. Not for me. Omnicorp has my body and they're inserting my brain into a... Brain X branded Robocop suit to break up a BLM protest. And I don't want that. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I don't want it. Do you guys see that uh, awfully stupid fucking viral video that's going around of some random guy trying to be an influencer posting a like year old video where he's like, ah, oh, it's the fucking Sultan of Bahrain or some shit uh, with his robo bodyguard equipped with 360 degree video oh, cameras yes. and pistols. And it's very clearly a man in like a low grade fucking <laughs> mascot suit, just like exaggeratedly doing a robot walk behind him. Oh. It's like the the thing the thing that they would have had at one of the Transformer movie premieres. hundred percent. Exactly um, the same chassis it's built off. Yeah, it's got all the sounds and everything. It would be like um it would be like posting the same thing and going, Unbelievably, uh, Dr. Hammond has managed to produce a re- <laughs> <laughs> And it's one of those inflatable, inflatable dinosaur inflatable suits. Inflatable T Rex suits. 
Incredible. Can you believe we're seeing dinosaurs live again? <laughs> and the, the, Thank you to the brain tweet, system. The, like, the last sentence of it was it's like, wow, technology is moving so fast. <laughs> I saw so- somebody, somebody replied, seemingly a, an adult man with a job. Uh, who was like, wow, this is simultaneously the coolest and scariest thing I've seen. <laughs> that guy's like, going to do a, a very exaggerated robot walk towards me and uh, I will even, shit my pants. The, the the suit even had like, it made sound effects. It made like little, little it's like, hydraulic sound effects. It's like covered in neon lights and shit as well. Like I was looking at some other videos of it. It's called like Titan the Robot or something. And there's videos of it like dancing at conferences and stuff. <laughs> So, so silly. So silly. It's so far away from even looking like a real robot, let alone not a Halloween costume. And, and like the actual robots we have are more menacing because they're the yeah, robot 100%. dogs with guns built into them that yeah. don't have faces. That is way more terrifying than like a goofy guy and like a ripoff of the fucking 90s Judge Dredd movie robots. The ABC robot fucking ruled, though. It looks fucking boss, but it also looks so cool. It, shockingly similar to Titan the robot, like same yeah, sort of a, exaggerated skull head thing. Yeah, but I think I think they actually like at least built a big, built and operated a big puppet kind of thing instead of literally like bolting a bunch of stuff onto a guy. Then fucking putting, uh, <laughs> goddamn, what's his name? He's the one guy that does all the mocap performances that isn't Andy Circus. Doug Jones. Doug Jones. They put Doug Jones inside there and like, you are a scary robot, and he lived that. <laughs> You're a scary robot protecting a prince of the United Arab Emirates. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, I love boy. that he had, like, a fucking Emirates flag on his fucking thing as well. Oh. And they're like, yeah, Bahrain, definitely. He was, like, wearing a little cape covering up lots of his joins. Oh, very... my God, he was wearing a vest. Like, it's fucking... Oh, so, so stupid. So silly. So silly. Oh, that's what you get for all that money, though, you know? Hey, who else has a lot of money? It's casinos. <laughs> Thanks. Sure. Thanks. Wow, um, you really are. That's we do have a casino story this. this week in... This is the one thing we didn't want to happen. Oh, no. Uh, now, Ben, you've you've put a... a <laughs> this put is a for heading. us. There is absolutely no reason for you to say this out loud. Well... Okay, so so Ben's prepared the notes for the episode, and he has, as he likes to rant and rave at us about, he mm-hmm. has formatted things properly, uh, using you know a heading two for for segments, uh, so that you know you can use the little thing on Google Docs and see, you can see you can go down the chapters and everything. So for this one, Ben, can you just can you just read this out for me? No, because I'm I'm not going to. You can't make me. Can, can is, I have a crack at it? Because I didn't write it, so it's I'm, sure. I'm interpreting. If you could make this work, I'm going to be thrilled. Casino child? Yep, that's. I think that's basically how I'd say that. So I, I believe it's kind of supposed to rhyme with the Casino Royale. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> good Bond movie. Great Bond movie. I would good say top five Bond movie. Yeah, I think so. Not to be confused with Casino Royal. Which is... What? It it is also a James Bond movie, but it's not part of the official canon. Uh, canon. It was fucking Peter Sellers. I'm pretty sure is a oh, comedy yeah. Bond movie. What? Yeah, it's real. Look it up. From the Guardian, 
Uh, Sydney's Star Casino fined $90,000 after 12-year-old girl caught gambling. Mm. Fuck. I mean, look. Could happen to any of us. I mean, none of us are 12 years old, so it kind of couldn't happen to us. A 12-year-old girl was among three minors caught gambling or drinking at Sydney Star Casino, costing the venue $90,000 in fines. The girl's mother snuck her in through the Mm. exit doors. Come on now. Uh, Took her to the main gaming floor and watched as the child placed 21 bets on poker machines over 17 minutes. The girl and her parents, visiting Australia on tourist visas, were only picked up by security when trying to leave the venue in what the New South Wales Independent Liquor and Gaming Authority says was (laughs) a serious breach of standards. I think they were right. It's quite staggering that the young girl's parents facilitated her entry in such a deceptive manner, let alone allowed their daughter to gamble, the authority's chairman, Philip Crawford, said. Uh, the ILGA Director of Investigations and Intervention, David Byrne, hmm. huh, <laughs> said underage patrons trying to sneak in through the exit doors was an obvious risk the star should have been prepared for. <laughs> yep. You could have 12-year-olds coming in through your fire exits. <laughs> <laughs> they also... Check um, the vents, too. Yeah. <laughs> They I want to bang them with a broom. I'm sure that as part of the remedy for this, they're going to have to develop a serious action plan for dealing with 12-year-olds sneaking in through the exit doors and yep. um, and a very tall, young-looking person at the front counter wearing a trench coat and a hat. <laughs> Hello, my name is Mr. Uh, Gambling, and I'm here to use your casino, please. However, uh, David Bone continues... Hmm. Uh, not only did the star fail to manage the risk, once the child was on the gaming floor, there were a number of opportunities where staff should have noticed a very young person playing the poker machines well before they actually did, which was when the family was leaving. Mm. Why? Hey, you guys got to go. Oh, you're going? Uh, cool. Well, problem solved, I guess. <laughs> I I don't understand, at, like, what's the fucking point of waiting until somebody's leaving and then being like, hey, you weren't meant to do that. We're aware of it. <laughs> Because we saw it happening, but now now we're letting you know. I'm assuming this is um, the the classic casino move of waiting until somebody has spent the absolute maximum of money they're going to spend at the venue and then saying, it's irresponsible for you to be here. Yeah, they made the... Uh, how many times did she, she put 21 bets? They made the 21 cents offer and they're like, all right, now it's time. Got them. Well, I mean, you know, Australian casinos are the ones that have been uh, caught doing things like having somebody doing a marathon game of slots shit themselves at the machine (laughs) and then they take them out the back, give them some clean pants and put them back in front of the machine. (laughs) This is a real thing that has happened in an Australian casino. (laughs) Do you reckon they just have like a wardrobe full of like shitless pants in every size? Big lost and found kind of thing. Every colour. Come on, let's get you cleaned up. Someone draw the short straw like, ah... Now you got to give the guy your pants. <laughs> you uh, you look like a thirty-two regular to me. Yeah, hand those over. You just you just walk around the casino, getting them to stand back to back with other customers <laughs> until <laughs> perfect, perfect. We're gonna need you to stand there with one of those like automatic deodorizer things strapped to your back. Just for a little while. That's all right. Well, what else were we supposed to do? Get them to stop gambling? Uh, yeah, I think. I think this is very in keeping with the character of Australian casinos to wait until the second somebody's leaving and go, oh, by the way, kids aren't allowed to gamble. Please come back again with your daughter. (laughs) 
In another incident, a 17-year-old boy was served alcohol and played 42 <laughs> rounds of roulette and 22 what hands a f- of poker fucking king. before being thrown out by security. <laughs> I don't, like, I am 30 years old and I would feel intimidated going into a casino and playing poker because I don't really understand the whole how everything works. He's fucking 17 and he's just like rocking up to a table. Put it all on black, baby. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, the boy entered the casino with his own driver's license. <laughs> so, so really, really, who are you supposed to blame in this scenario? I think mm. it's the casino. When the guy came up and said, here is my identification proving beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am not 18. <laughs> so, uh, I get you. you got to read them. So, they carded him and then failed to look at the card. I, uh, I had to card some people on Wednesday last week, and it took me like five minutes to find the date on there. And then I just became very, very dumb in the time it took me to be like, all right, if the year is, and then you take, and there, and it's before, is that, no, after, it, I'm, yeah, it was hard. The boy entered the casino with his own driver's license and interacted with staff at least 15 times across three and a half hours before he was noticed to be underage. Oh, my God. Oh, fucking hell. Casino, come on. A 16-year-old girl was also able to enter the venue through a VIP checkpoint without being asked for ID. Amazing. When she was finally asked for ID on the main gaming floor, a fake driver's license was accepted and the teen was then served alcohol. What are, what are today's teens doing? Kids are so cool. Oh, we we man. have, like, teens brewed in a lab now to be extra whatever this is. You know what I was doing when I was 16? It's fucking land parties. Yeah. I wasn't doing any of this shit. God damn. I was just stealing my parents' alcohol at home. Smart. You know? It's free too. How am I going to get to a <laughs> casino? Like, it's bottomless. That's the best yeah. thing about it. Um, but uh, but like, how? <laughs> just I've has anybody else seen that thing of like uh, some some TikTok challenge where teens are like doing because you know our teens are also all extremely good at doing makeup now. Uh, sure, and. You talking like the old lady challenge shit? Yeah, where like, yeah, where yeah. they're like doing themselves up as old ladies with like wigs and and a bunch of makeup, and then putting on a mask and going in with like a Zimmer frame, and walking out with a bunch of alcohol. And I'm like, you earned it. Scam yeah, watch. you fucking you won that yeah. interaction by far. That's fine. Uh, it's totally fine with me. And being America, you know, they might be twenty, so <laughs> might be a twenty year old teenager. America, the only country with 20-year-old teens. Good Lord. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Quote, Both children's forays lasted long (laughs) enough that they had interacted with several staff members by the time they were discovered, Burns said. Forays. Amazing. The staff self-reported all three incidents which occurred between March and July 2019, but were still hit with a $60,000 fine for the incident involving the 12-year-old girl and $15,000 each for the teenagers. The star reported a total of 32 instances of minors gaining access to restricted areas of the casino in 2019, and 2018 reported 35 instances. It's uh, pretty good. Yep, you're doing you're doing great. It's good that like casinos have possibly the most political lobbying power in Australia of any institution. Yep, by far. 
Just like uh, every there is like nothing thing. they can do to actually get punished in any kind of city. No, significant no. like way. when you know all of the uh, fucking Sydney nightlife closure stuff was happening, where they had all these like draconian laws about when you could be open until whatever, and like everyone's like, "Great, you just killed all of Sydney's nightlife because pubs have to close at eight thirty p.m. on a Friday now," and the casinos were just like, "We can do whatever we want, twenty four hours a day." Woohoo! Sorry, are you just talking about the lockdown? Sorry, the uh, the. That is what they called it, didn't they? What did they call them? Lockout. Lockout laws. Lockout. Lockout laws. Yeah. yeah. So you're just talking about the lockout laws, right? Yeah. Because then when they had the the actual like pandemic restrictions uh, and said, hey, we're going to make it so that like nobody can be open and then we'll very slowly introduce things where like, you know, a huge venue can have like 10 customers in it and they all have to be sitting 20 feet apart and stuff like that. But the casino has an exemption and they can just kind of keep going. Yeah, it was pretty wild. And then they were like, when everyone else is having those not allowed to stand in venues things with casinos, they're like, oh, go for it. What are you going to do, you know? Hello, it's me, Ben, uh, from this podcast. Merriam-Webster defines a podcast as a program made available in digital format for automatic download over the internet. And that simply could not be more true. If you like what we do and want more of this podcast made available to you in digital format for automatic download over the internet, simply go to patreon.com slash Vista and hit the enormous red button that says subscribe. For five US dollars a month, you get access to our weekly bonus episodes, our entire archive of bonus episodes, our exclusive Discord server, and an RSS feed of both bonus episodes and free episodes that doesn't have these ads in them. That sweet, sweet subscriber cash allows me to do this show full time without having to get a real job, and frankly, that whips to me. The other guys also get some money or whatever, but I don't really care. Anyway, check that out if it sounds good to you. Love you. My goodness. <sighs> so that's the one thing we didn't want to happen. Uh, but what did we want to happen? From Yahoo News Australia, <laughs> Australian sex doll sales booming during coronavirus pandemic. Ben, are they, why did are they you want this to happen? in Australia, or are they sales of Australian sex dolls well, that kind of okay, berate you with dolls. a horrible accent? <laughs> well, Fucking let's... go on. Have go sex on, with me, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I paid $15,000 for this. Yeah. Oh, put it, it in me this cracker. buy a charger NG. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, no. Yeah, let, let's have a look at this. The, okay. the coronavirus pandemic has rattled the global economy, disrupting supply chains and happens. forcing businesses to close down. Either so temporarily so good. or for good. Yeah, those uh, are the two ways that you can close down. That's right. Uh, but there are some sections of the economy that have seen a boon, sorry, seen a boon from the lockdowns and social distancing mandates imposed by the government around the world. And one of them seems to be the adult toy industry. But they Sydney- had the sense to not brag about it like Jerry Harvey, you know? That's true. Well, maybe. Let's find out. Uh, Sydney man Ryan James runs a side business supplying adult toys and sex dolls, or as he calls them, companion dolls or love dolls. Don't call them that, dude. Well, that's he sells them. He'd know. No, I mean, don't. That's not love. That's something else. It's not love, and I I would venture one further and say I'm almost sure it's not companionship. (laughs) 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 Uh, We have... Definitely seen a jump in sales in recent months of our dolls, he told Yahoo News Australia. After starting the online business about two years ago, he says the company has seen a roughly 35% increase in traffic to its website during the pandemic. Oh, boy. What we've seen in recent months is definitely an increase in our website clicks, Mr. Ryan said, and also inquiries. There's been tons of emails to look at. 
The past eight weeks tracking, we've seen a 35% increase in web volume. While customers often correspond through email before making a purchase, Mr. Ryan said it is translating into sales for the dolls, which cost around $3,000 to $4,000 each. I believe it's because people have less opportunity to socialize at the moment with restrictions in place, and it's kind of causing a bit of frustration with people, he said. While it's not the same thing to own a doll, those that are single or might be having trouble with relationships or obtaining a partner, it's just something to provide a bit of comfort, I guess. That is almost something seems to provide... lovely to me that he says comfort. Is mm. it to provide comfort. comfort or is it something that you can savagely bust a nut into in your horrible den at home? That's very comforting to some people. God damn it. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, Mr. Ryan has a day job working in warehouse logistics, but says his Southern Treasures business <laughs> is taking up more of his spare time in the evening. Southern Treasures. Well, I do declare. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> Oh, oh uh, he began by selling, quote, bits and pieces on eBay before moving into the importation of sex dolls. Yeah, did company... you want a bit or a piece? <laughs> which... uh, both, maybe. <laughs> the company is essentially a dropshipping business, which acts as a local distributor and relies on international manufacturers who build uh, customizable okay. dolls. So go, he's just go. a middleman. They're not Australian sex dolls. They're sex dolls being sold in Australia. Yes. Uh we did have problems with shipping delays, that was earlier on, but now we're starting to see it come back, which is great, Mr. Ryan said, of shipping disruptions during the coronavirus pandemic. In order to get the dolls to customers more quickly, the business is now keeping more dolls on hand to satisfy demand. Wait, so that does that mean he does have some, so he's not drop shipping them? Hmm. Maybe That's he's get, hmm. getting... Well, no, no, no. Well, you've got here... I, th I, think, I think the person who's written this has kind of conflated him with a drop shipper when really he's importing things. Sure. That, so he's well, just a sex doll importer. Well well when they say essentially a drop shipping business which acts as a local distributor and mm. relies on international manufacturers, that's not what drop shipping is though. Drop no, shipping not at all. drop shippers are the distributors themselves. It's just other people are doing sales and directing orders to them. Whereas in this case he is actually importing the sex dolls and I'm assuming that he has them all like uh sat around the dining table on various pieces of furniture. Mm -hmm. uh, they're all simulating a house party at his place until he gets an order in. Then he says, everybody, we got to say goodbye to Debbie. <laughs> oh, and then he does all the voices of all the different girls. Waves their the hands accents. a little bit. Each one, slightly each, different voices. Goodbye. Know, each, goodbye. Each one fitting in with the complex backstory that he has established for them. I think that this is, it's going to be a real game changer when... Brain X gets into the sex <laughs> <laughs> Real game changer. Um, sitting sitting next to my sex doll. Hey, your light's red. What's wrong? <laughs> oh, Christ. Is there any way I can cheer you up? Oh, hey, let's get that green. Uh, data about the size of Australia's sex doll market is hard to come by. But judging by what Australian oh. customs officials tell Mr. Ryan, it might be bigger than what most people think. Imagine the shipping. It's Imagine like, how much the shipping would cost. He's just getting on the blower, talking to the guy at customs about some holdup, and he's like, yeah, you see any other fuck dolls come through here? Oh, millions of companion fuck dolls. Buddy, we got fuck dolls coming out the wazoo here. Oh, boy. I assume that, like, everybody has seen the like like there are i'm i'm guessing that there are many layers of complexity within the sex doll market I'm, I'm assuming it's like anything else where the amount of money you want to spend 
is probably, you know, hugely variable. Yeah, you're getting the the from the sex dolls that you get from Wish that can't be articulated any articulated in any way, and will just yell random phrases at you in languages you don't recognize, through to like the high end ones that can also do woodworking. Has um has have either of you seen uh, the TV show Dave? No, no. Which is a so it's a TV show uh, starring uh, Little Dicky, the rapper, <laughs> and it's basically a TV series type uh, eight mile about the about the the coming up of a of a rapper. So it's like you know mostly autobiographical, and there is an episode in this thing where. Uh, Little Dicky is is getting up at night and sneaking out of the bed he shares with his girlfriend to use his uh, sex doll thing, and it's just like a, a disembodied silicon ass with like legs attached. Oh no! And, and he has to like pick it up and sling it the legs over his shoulder so that <laughs> he can like drag it through to another room. And I've never seen anything like it, and and I wonder if they made it solely for the show but it really it really does a good job at capturing just the kind of abject horror of of those different types of sex toy things which are like this thing is just a disembodied silicon vagina or butt have you ever seen the um the it's like a it's essentially a fleshlight in that it has a fuckable vagine Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is built into a rubber foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so there's this type of thing, right? If you're not, if you're not willing to, you know, take out a big, big loan to buy yourself one, you just get the bits and pieces that you need. Yeah, a, a, a bit here, a piece there, and then once you get up to like the high end market, your real doll kind of things. These are the ones that that just cause existential horror in me because. This is the point at which they're like, hey, this thing has a fully articulated skeleton and like weighs as much as a real person and follows you around the room with its eyes. <laughs> the, That's I think, how beautifully I think the, thing, the thing that, that gets me whenever I think about it is that my understanding of that type of sex doll is that before use, you need to like lie it in a warm bath for a while. So that it's oh, not really right. cold, you know? Because oh. otherwise it's just a dead weight, same size and feel as a normal human, oh. but is cold on the outside and inside body kind of thing. Jesus Christ. And I don't care for that at all. Um, I did say a little while ago, Theo, that I had been, I'd started watching the, the TV show Review. Yeah, yes. And there is an episode of Review where uh, he is asked to review uh, having a sex tape. And so he tries to make his own sex tape, but with one of these types of sex dolls. <laughs> and so there's an extended sequence of him trying to like drag this thing up onto the bed and get it into various positions. And it looks about as pleasant as I imagine the real deal would be, you know? So it's wild to me to say, yes, I will drop $5,000 on one of these. And get it through Australian customs. Where do you put it in your house? I mean, I think a lot of the people that own these have, like, leaned into it pretty hard and become quite shameless about them. Just like, the, shame, oh. shameless about them, or do you think, do you think for, and like, you know, I guess, I feel like I should say, 
if you're somebody who, I guess, has spent a long time not being able to find any companionship with anyone, and this is the road you've gone down. Um, it, yeah, it's know, worth saying that not, there are... You're not a bad person or whatever, I there guess. There are perfectly legitimate reasons why someone might end up with one of these, and that is fine. Yeah, although, like, go and see a sex worker. Like, give you money to a real person. You forgot uh, to say that with the uh, clap emojis between every syllable, but yeah. Sorry. But yes, like, surely that would be a much better use of $5,000 than this. And it would be like actual companionship. This person could talk to you. Uh, you know, nice firm handshake at the end. That's how I understand it works. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, this this, I just, I wonder if by the time you have said to yourself, I am now going to invest 5000 Australian dollars in a, in a high-tech fuck doll with a skeleton... Uh, I wonder if by that point you have just told yourself, this is it, no one is ever going to have sex with me, so it's fine that I have a house full of disembodied asses and corpse-sized things shoved in my cupboard or whatever. Because, like, what happens if you're in someone else's house and you find one of these? What happens? I think you just sort of move past it. Yep. You, just, Never clo- you just close the cupboard and walk back out to the barbecue. You know? I mean, like, say that this was, uh, like, a close friend of mine that I had an existing relationship of, like, uh, trust and honesty. Say I open the wrong door in Theo's house and there's a mm. fuck doll in there. My first question is going to be... Hey, what's up with the fuck doll in there? Does it work? <laughs> Does it do what you want? When are you going to introduce me to your friend? It's definitely a whole thing. It's definitely a whole thing. Um. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, a similar uptick in demand has been reported in overseas markets with Adam and Eve, a company with franchise locations across North America, seeing a 30% increase in online sales. Meanwhile, one sex doll maker, Sex Doll Genie. Mm. Mm. They all just have uh, Robin Williams's voice <laughs> from Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you turn it on, it goes, 10,000 years! Uh, Sex Doll Genie told Forbes it experienced a near 50% jump in demand during the US lockdown. The question is, are $5,000 sex dolls a scam? Or does everyone who gets one be like, worth every penny? If you have bought a $5,000 sex doll, please write into mailbag at buntavista.com. And let us know. Even if you bought a $3,000 one, I would love to know. Yeah. Kind of like the Audi of sex dolls. <laughs> go on, go on there, you got one of, those, uh, <laughs> one of those wire crates just full of sex dolls, people lining up out the door. If you've got a $100 They're just as good sex- as the brand name. They're ones, just they? as good. Yeah. If you've got a $100 sex doll, I'm assuming it is They're, a- they're European, so the-, <laughs> the hole's on the wrong side. <laughs> Oh boy! <sighs> dear, oh dear. So, did we ruin your segue there, Andrew? No, I just want to say that the European sex dolls also have an umlaut over the hole. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry anyway, about this podcast, uh, just before we get out of here, let's have ourselves a little, a little update on that classic segment, Scam Watch. 
is, of course, a long-running evolution of the original and greatest uh, boat watch. The scam by which uh, you are, you receive an illegal boat. <laughs> One of the classic scams. <laughs> <It's>, yep. <laughs> One of the great cons. Yeah, yeah, where you give me a boat. <laughs> you give me a boat, and then when I get asked about it, I say that I did not receive a boat. Foolproof. I, I possibly couldn't deny the charge because I don't know what the charge is. That's I'm not right. going to listen to you tell it to me. God, so oh. good. This is from, uh, from page six, the very reputable page six. Top Hollywood psychic Tammy Adams refutes accusations of million-dollar scam. <laughs> Top, top Hollywood psychic. Something wonderful about that. Very competitive field, your Hollywood psychics. Oh, boy. Uh, a top psychic. Not, not one of your run-of-the-mill psychics. A shit know? psychic is... <laughs> Degrade psychic. Uh, she's fighting back after being accused of a despicable crime. Tammy Adams is considered a go-to seer in Malibu, California, we are told, mm. with several A-list clients. Anybody imagining anyone in particular? Oh, fucking Gwyneth Paltrow is 100% giving this woman $25,000 an hour to tell her, yes, Goop will be successful. I feel like uh, I feel like Goop and that type of stuff is is just the new age of this sort of thing. It's the like, hey, there's no silly mysticism. It's just a jade egg that you put in your pussy. It's uh, science. Yeah, you just, just get your biocharger NG. And recharge your molecules. That's science, you know? Uh, She's been accused in court papers of scamming a 73-year-old kindergarten teacher out of her home and savings. That's a bummer. Yeah. I'd say not so good. Are you going to, Andrew, are you sticking to your guns on this one? That uh, it is morally correct for the 73-year-old kindergarten teacher to have been scammed out of her home and savings because she fell for a scam? Let's, Let's get a little further into the details. I have to make my judgments on an individual basis. (laughs) Uh, The alleged victim, Victoria Nelson, claims in court documents that Adams and the psychic's daughter-in-law took advantage of her fears about managing her finances after the death of her husband, who'd taken care of their money, and exploited her faith in psychic powers to talk her into giving Adams the deed to her $1.5 million home, leaving her homeless and ruined. I think this one kind of sucks. I'm going to be real with you. Mm. Yeah, she should stick to scamming um, Hollywood stars, which I think is actually a net gain. Yes. Yeah, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And normally, like a lot of the time when I'm seeing uh, like an older person get scammed and laughing, it's because the person clearly just had like too much money and they were like, how can I turn this into even more money? I know. Do you think they're motivated by greed? Yes, that's true. Whereas this lady, she was... She was worried. Now Adams has responded exclusively telling Page Six that Nelson wanted her help in turning part of her home into a facility for cancer patients? This was supposed to be a sanctuary for kids and families receiving cancer treatment at local Bay Area hospitals. If they're suing me for trying to help cancer patients, I want the world to know this. This isn't about Tammy Adams. Mm. This is about saving those children that are very real. So oh, very normal damn. to uh, to refer to yourself in the third person as part of a uh, refuting a scam where you're turning what 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 would this be a sanctuary for kids and and families receiving cancer treatment? So it's sort like, of like Ronald McDonald House, but it's yeah. inside your house. 
Ronald McDonald room. <laughs> um, yeah, because it, like even that doesn't really answer the question, then why did you need the deed to her home to help her achieve this? Um, it sounds a lot like... Wait, no. Old... Sorry, it's... Yeah, oh. So it's not part of Tammy Adams' at home. It's... Right, okay. That's so fucking weird. Yeah, couldn't you just like... It could still be in her name? I yeah. don't really understand that. And she can leave later, I would think. Like once, you know, she's passed away or whatever, instead of now leaving her homeless. Very odd. Hmm. The, the tone of this article, to me, screams, we originally printed the accusation and now have been threatened with litigation. Because it's like quite apologetic... You know, like that first sentence, she's been accused of a despicable crime, sort of as if the accusation itself... I don't know. It, it feels very, very weird to me. But also, page six fucking sucks, and they don't really care about anything, so that might be it. This very much to me reads as uh, running defense for Tammy Adams. Yes. Which is a strange thing to do. But I suppose if you are page six or TMZ or whatever, if any celebrity in the world contacts you and says, I would like to say something directly to you, you go, we will print that. Absolutely fantastic. Whatever it is. Also, maybe Tammy Adams threatened to tell them the time and manner of their death, meaning that they would live their entire life with a, a, a foregone sense of everything has already happened and there's no use trying. Mm, I hate going and paying half of my paycheck to Tammy Adams only to find out that I'm going to spend the infinite future inside a jar <laughs> being powered by the proprietary BrainX system. <laughs> it's not what I wanted for myself. Got to remember to untick the organ donor card. Don't actually do that, by the way. <laughs> no, <laughs> please don't. We need those. It, do you know, like, so there's been a very long time since I've done it. Because, right, you, you do it when you get your driver's license first, right? You, like... Are we talking about sex? Uh, talking about the organ donor list thing. Long time since you've done it. You normally do it for the first time when you get your driver's license. <laughs> yeah, that, that does okay. hold true, actually, yeah. Hmm. That, but that's how it works, right? You get your L's and you, you tick, like, a list of the things that you're willing for them to take. Yeah, I feel like they 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 stick a yeah stick a little sticker on the back of your license. Isn't that is that your recollection as well? Because we we obviously got our license in the same state, Theo. Yeah, I don't know. My my uh, card is sort of like all fucked up and falling apart at this point. I don't so. even know if it's actually printed on the card anymore. I think it's a like they look that shit up. Yeah, but I I, I just yeah, I cannot remember. I remember it being relatively modular. You can be like, oh, yeah, take my heart, take my whatever, but uh, don't take these parts. And I'm pretty sure I was talking to a friend at the time we did it who was the same age. He was like, yep, don't want him to take my eyes. I want my eyes to still be in there when I'm dead. And I'm like, oh, all right, that's weird. Like, you'll be mm. dead. So, like, that seems well, I've, fine. I'm, I'll donate my organs, but I do need some stuff like the eyes, right? Just in case. Um, no, no, because like you can take the stuff out because they're going to have to remove that anyway as part of fulfilling uh, the wishes in my will, which is that if I die before my wife, that my body be taxidermied <laughs> and placed in a threatening pose somewhere in the house to ward off future suitors. Just like a wagging finger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking like, you know, the, you know, like the taxidermied bears that have both of their forelegs up, uh, reared back as if they're about to attack. Like yeah. that, that, yeah. in, that in the front walkway kind mm. of thing. Completely nude. <laughs> and fully erect. And they've also padded <laughs> a little bit. 
<laughs> yeah, that was my husband. 14-inch yeah, so penis, uh, God bless him. So I, th- I think that's a scenario where, you know, you could take the, the stomach... Uh, the heart, the lungs, you know, all that jazz. But I mm. kind of need the Your classic inside that. organs. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't you know. stare menacingly with no eyes. Yeah, but you could just chuck a couple of <laughs> couple, a couple of, of glasses couple of brown, in there, a couple of brown yeah. glass eyes in there. Make sure they point in the same direction. Or <laughs> um, <Well>, not? <laughs> might be even scarier. Than going... <laughs> it just seems like he's got an eye on every corner of the room. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just, well, this is just a terrible taxidermy all around. Maybe Eyes do. pointing different directions. Huge dick. <laughs> the dick follows you around the room. <laughs> I was going to say, I think, I think really you do need to hook the eyes up to a Raspberry Pi and, and have, them, have them track any, any potential suitors as they come in. It's fine if it makes a noise because that's even more disconcerting. <laughs> Look, as long as... However it works, as long as Elder never finds happiness after you're dead. Uh, yeah. 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 Mission accomplished. So, I take it all back. Um, I'm signing the organ donor thing. That's fine. You can take it all out as long as you leave the, you know, the main structure there. With the superstructure. To do the taxidermy. <laughs> Maybe on your body. <laughs> I am going to print out my own label, though, which makes clear that there is um, an exception for proprietary BrainX technology. And also being placed in a sex doll. I don't want either of those. Okay. So. And that's fair. And this podcast also counts as a will. <laughs> this yeah. is legally binding. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Just imagine that just going through the living will of, uh, all right, so we've got about 400 episodes of podcasts to listen to. <laughs> yeah. In the episode, uh, Fart Comers, he said that. <laughs> You're going to have to call this episode that now. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I think that's it for us for the week. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for listening. Um, make sure to tell your loved ones that you don't want anything to do with having your brain put in a jar unless you do, in which case, tell them that, you know? Just communicate with your loved ones. I think that's the point we're trying to make here. Yep. If you've got a question or a comment for the show, uh, some kind of issue you need help with, write into mailbag at buntavista.com. Uh, Australian listeners, if you would like to leave a message which we can respond to, possibly even play on the show, you can call 1-800-317-515, the Punta Vista hotline. I wonder what the American phone number is. That's a great question, Andrew. You want to rattle that off off the top of your head there, Ben? Yeah, absolutely. That is 888-842-2357. Stop doing that. Okay. Uh, (laughs) It is 732-876-3446. That's 732-876-3446 for our American listeners. You can call up, leave a message. Uh, we'll play it on the show. We'll really get into it, you know? And if you are in the UK, uh, you should just feel bad about where you live, <laughs> what you've done, what you're participating in, how many turfs there are on a per capita basis, mm. and uh, you will not be leaving a message for the show. And if you live anywhere else... Sorry. <laughs> wish we could help. It was hard enough to set these ones up. I don't... You know, I don't need to get back into it. That's it, folks. See you next time. Bye. Bye.